Hello, everyone, and welcome to the All Four Downs podcast. Your host, Open Manise. I have a special guest here uh, on this podcast, and this is our premiere. And what better to have another podcaster himself, known as Brad Fowler? He is the host of Pint Glass Football Podcast. He's going to tell us more of his uh, his show and. A lot more. We're going to be covering football. That's right. The NFL, each division, who you think is going to make it. And of course, college football. It's We're a one month away for the first snap of football season. And thank you, Brad, for showing up here on the All Four Downs podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited to talk some ball with you today. What made you start a podcast? Well, you know, I've always been a huge fan of the game, and I think that's how it always starts, right? We all start doing this because we love the sport that we're covering, that we're podcasting about, and it's no different for me. I've just grown up, been a huge fan of the game. I always loved talking about the game with friends, family, things like that, and really I got started with, uh, ironically, with voiceover work. So I started a voiceover business as a side hustle, uh, making money online, doing commercials and things like that. And that allowed me to easily jump into podcasting because I realized one day I already have all the equipment I need. I've got a nice microphone. I've got a nice studio setup. I've got all the uh, editing software and everything I need on my computer. And I know how to record audio and make it sound good. And so I thought, you know, this would be a really easy transition for me to become a podcaster. So I started doing my homework on how to start one and that's really what kicked it off and just started talking ball and uh, was really bad in the beginning. Uh, like most of us are, we get better as we go along. I try to improve each and every episode, each and every season. And here we are season four pint glass football. And uh, it's been a blast. Love doing it and love jumping on shows like yours and talking ball with guys like you. I appreciate it, man. I think, and like I said, I extend my invitation to you and I'm so happy that we're collaborating here. Um, three uh, entering your season four. I think you and I are the same. We're entering our season four. Uh, we first started with the XFL, and then it didn't go through. As as you know, the pandemic hit and everything else, and just things started shutting down. But as we get the swing of things, so is our season, the 2022-23 season. And we'll start with the NFL first because it's hot and everyone's talking about what's going on. Uh, during their camps and everything else, but looking and foreseeing the near future here, uh, we're going to start off with the AFC East. Uh, who do you like in this division to at least finish in first place? You know, this is kind of the easy one, right? This is the team that's the odds-on Super Bowl favorite in Vegas right now. It's a team that I think pretty much everyone has penciled in. And I'm not going to try to go against the grain here. I think the Buffalo Bills are the heavy favorite for a reason. When you look at this team, they've got the best quarterback hands down in this division. They've got a great coach, a great roster. They're deep at a lot of positions. They add a guy like Von Miller, who, let's face it, he's past his prime, but they really needed some pass rush help. If he can come in and just be a difference maker on that side of the ball, that really helps them. They've added some nice pieces in the draft as well. They've got a lot of depth in a lot of spots. They've got one of the best receivers in the game. Just a really, really good team. There's very few rosters in the NFL that you could point at and say it's a better roster than the Bills. They're one of the teams that's going to be a favorite for a reason. I think they're a heavy favorite in this division for a reason. 
when I look around the rest of the division, I think the Patriots are a team that's going to take a step back this year. They've lost some key, some key players from last year's team. I didn't like what they did in the draft at all. I actually gave them a really poor grade. I didn't think they did a nice job this offseason. I, I just don't think they've got the horses, so to speak, to be able to stay with teams like Buffalo. Uh, when I look at the Jets, that's a team that I think might surprise some people and maybe win a few more games than people expect. Maybe they take a step in the right direction because they've done a nice job adding young talent to that team. But let's face it, they're still a long ways away from being a true contender in that division. And when I look at the Dolphins, they just scream mediocre. I just don't see this team being a contender in the division. I think they'll probably finish second, but it could be a distant second or third. It's a team that I don't believe in Tua for starters. I just don't think he's a franchise guy. I think he's very average. They bring over Tyree Kill, a very good player. They've got some good wide receivers, of course, but I still feel like the offensive line has holes. There's there's too many holes on this roster, too many question marks, huge question mark at the head coaching position. Uh, just don't know what to expect from Mike Daniel, a guy who's only been a coordinator for one year, didn't even really call the plays in San Francisco because we know that's Kyle Shanahan's job. Now he takes over and he's going to be calling the plays and a head coach for the first time. It just feels like a lot on this guy's plate. And some of the things I've seen from him in the offseason really raised some eyebrows. So when you look around that division, it just feels like a slam dunk for the Bills. You know, I agree with you uh, 100%. Buffalo Bills. Uh, and the one key thing, and I love stories, okay? Von Miller, and you, you mentioned that he's past his prime, but yet he's still effective. He is the reason why he's going to elevate that defense. He is, I, he has two Super Bowls, right? And being in that situation, and you see how it ended between Buffalo and Kansas City last year, uh, he will be the difference maker, and that defense will step up. And they, and I, for the first time, I'm going to say this too. And my other co host, Hector, he'd been, he was rooting for Buffalo last year. This is the year for the Buffalo Bills. I really strongly believe this is the year for them. As far as the New England Patriots and the Dolphins, I agree with you 100%. It'll be a step back. Uh, as a fan, looking at the Dolphins, I think they did my boy wrong, Brian Flores. Uh, but I wish and I'm hoping that the Jets, as long as the starting quarterback is healthy enough, okay, I believe that the Jets will surprise everybody. Zach Wilson stays healthy. He will be, I, I, I do strongly believe the Jets could finish in second place. I really do. It wouldn't shock me. That's a team that I, I like to pay attention to what Vegas is talking about, right? Because we know Vegas doesn't have any bias. They're going to pick what they think is going to happen based on the analytics, based on the data and what they have. And when you look at the over-under win total for in Vegas for the Jets, I believe it was six when it opened. Maybe it was six and a half. I can't remember. But a lot of people, a lot of really sharp betters and a lot of football fans jumped all over the over because you are not alone in that assessment. A lot of people 
think that the Jets are one of those teams that could be a little better than people expect. Wouldn't surprise me at all. They've had some really good draft classes the last couple of years. They've got a lot of young talent. And the big question mark is going to be the quarterback, like you said, a guy that had a pretty rocky rookie season. But we did see a lot of improvement from him in those last five games of the season. If he can kind of carry that momentum into this year, that's a team that could surprise some people. Like I said, don't think they're ready to compete with the best in that division, but it would not surprise me me if they were better than people thought hey let's move on to the nfc north the cincinnati Bengals won the division they surprised everybody by breaching the super bowl could they make that run again i don't think so I, th look this is a good team and they totally shocked some people like you said i don't think anybody at the beginning of the year thought that the Bengals would be in the super bowl it felt like a little bit of a fairy tale not to take anything away from Cincinnati or what they did. Joe Burrow, we know, is one of the best young quarterbacks in this league. I think head coach Zach Taylor doesn't get enough credit for what he's done with this team. Jamar Chase is obviously one of the best wide receivers in the game. They've got some nice pieces here. And I think this is a team that's clearly moving in the right direction. But it kind of felt like the ball bounced their way a few times, especially in the playoffs. And it felt like a team that maybe just overachieved a little bit. I expect them to take a step back this year. I think they'll be in the mix for the playoffs, but Super Bowl is a little too rich for me. Yeah, um, I actually leaning on the Pittsburgh Steelers in, in a sense. And the reason why is that you have Mitch Trubisky. I think, and again, I love storylines. And you got a quarterback like him that people doubted him. Okay, uh, didn't do so well with the Chicago Bears. But can you blame on the staff that the Chicago Bears had at the time? And then he is the backup in Buffalo. Now he's uh, in a team where he is starting. And yes, the Steelers did pick up Kenny Pickett. But I believe that Mitch Trubisky, should he be the starting quarterback, he's going to be the difference maker and continue moving that ball. And if they could like do that old school running plays and have that defense carry that team, I think the Steelers will make a difference. Uh, but then there's also the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens lost a lot of people. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, the Ravens defense, solid, but their backup are mainly like they're young. You know, their depth is very young. But you, you never know what to expect out of the Ravens because that staff is always solid. Uh, they could also make a push of it. And I'm in a dilemma when it comes to, okay, who's going to be in order? I say at a thin margin, the Steelers, and then I have to say, you know, it could be either or between the Ravens and the Bengals. For me, I've got the Ravens winning this division, and for, and for me, it's really not that close. I've got the Ravens by a landslide. I think this team has a big, big bounce back year. This is a team that, if I remember correctly, won, I believe, eight games last year and was in the mix late in the season to potentially make the playoffs, and that was with backups all over the roster. This team got bit by the injury bug as bad as anybody in the league. They had so many key players miss significant time for them in so many important positions. It was almost crazy how many guys were on the field that I had never even heard of last year. And for them to remain relevant and to remain competitive really shows you just how good this franchise is, how deep this team is, and how good John Harbaugh is as a head coach. I just think with a lot of those key players returning from injury and the fact that they just had the highest graded draft class that I have ever graded, I gave them an A+. I thought it was an unbelievable 
draft by the Ravens. They landed, in my opinion, the best player in this entire class. And another guy late in the first round that I thought was a top 10 talent as well. They continue to rattle off big time value throughout this class. I think there's going to be an infusion of young talent and a bunch of key returning guys. I am high on the Ravens. I think they're going to really shock some people. Oh, oh, hey, hey, let's just move on to the and uh, AFC South. Excuse me. AFC South, we have the Titans winning that division. Uh, the Colts, uh, they, they're like uh, wearing underwears, man. Like every year they got to have a different quarterback, right? Uh, then you have the Texas and Jaguars. I, I really didn't see anything here that will change any outcome of who's going to win it. I still believe the Titans will, again, easy landslide, win the division. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if the Titans were right there in the mix, but I'm actually going to take the Indianapolis Colts. I think this is a team that on paper, I think they've got the better roster, the deeper roster. This is one of the best defenses in the NFL, probably one of the top three or four offensive lines in the NFL the best running back in the NFL. I think he's a guy that's bound for another huge season in Jonathan Taylor. They've got playmakers at receiver. I love Michael Pittman. This is a team that I think could be a dark horse. This is my big dark horse pick in the AFC. Now, the AFC is loaded. There's a ton of teams that they're going to have to get through. But I think people are really sleeping on Indy. Matt Ryan may not be the MVP Matt Ryan that we saw a few years ago, but this is a guy that can still play at a pretty high level. And when you give him that solid of a running game and you give him that good of a defense and he's going to be able to sit behind one of the best O-lines in football, this is a team that I think could be really dangerous, have a really balanced attack, and make some noise this year. But hey, let's see here. But the hardest division there is is the AFC West. Kansas City Chiefs, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Denver Broncos. I mean, listen, these four teams made some acquisitions in the offseason. Um, it's hard to say. But to be honest with you here, uh, the, the, the Chiefs will always be Chiefs, right? But I'm going to lean myself... Oh, I, I hate doing this because every day I always pick a different team. But I, I'm going to stick with my guns here, and I'm, my, my slight edge will be the Los Angeles Chargers. I believe that they're going to win the division. Yeah, this one is tough, right? This might be the deepest division we've seen in a really, really long time. I don't even remember the last time that there was a division that was this loaded, top to bottom. If you told me the Raiders were going to win this division – you can make a strong case for them. You can make a strong case for Denver, LA, and obviously the Chiefs. There's really, it wouldn't surprise me. There's not a single team in this division that if they won or finished fourth, it would not surprise me. That's how deep this division is. When you look at it though, I had a really hard time. I went back and forth on this. For me, it comes down to the Chargers and the Chiefs. I think those are the two teams that are gonna be vying for it. The Chargers on paper, I think might have the best roster in football. This is a team that, once again, had another great draft and a great offseason. They added some really key free agents to bolster that defense, which really held them back last year. They've got some key players joining that side of the ball. You've got, in my opinion, the best young quarterback in the NFL and Justin Herbert. The big question mark for them is their head coach. I think that might be oh, the only thing yes. That, yes. that's been holding them back. Yes. Brandon Staley is just questionable. <laughs> 
I, I, I'm all for analytics. Believe me, I get it. I think there's a time and a place for it. But this guy leans into analytics to a fault. And we saw it time and time again last year where he made so many key mistakes in key games that ended up costing the Chargers ball games that they probably should have won. So if the defense can take a step forward, and I think they will, and if Staley can take a step forward as a coach, because we always talk about players getting better, but we forget young coaches can get better too with experience. So if he can get better and this defense can get better on paper, I think they're the favorite. And they're going to be my pick by just a hair. But I don't want to sleep on the Chiefs. Everyone's looking at Tyree Kill losing one of the best wide receivers in the game and how that's going to affect this offense. And I think it will. But I think they've done a nice job adding quality players to the wide receiver core, having another solid draft. And I think this is a team that is going to be right back in the mix because you've still got arguably the best quarterback in the game arguably one of the top three coaches in the game, one of the top coaches of all time, quite frankly. This is still going to be one of the best offenses in the game, and I think the defense is slightly underrated as well. I wouldn't sleep on the Chiefs. This division is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And just to touch on Denver, you throw in Russell Wilson, a top 10 quarterback in this league, possibly top seven quarterback in this league, with the playmakers he has and all the pieces they have there, that's going to be fascinating to see what they can do as well. This division is going to be incredible. There's going to be a really, really good team that finishes last in this division that probably could have made the playoffs if they played in a different division. Going to be a lot of fun to watch. Man, I can't wait for the season to start. I wish it started now. But uh, hey, let's move on to the NFC East, which was last year probably the least favorite out of all divisions. But I got a feeling that it's going to be more competitive than what people are saying. The Cowboys, Eagles, the Washington Commanders, and the New York Giants. I believe, and I strongly believe, I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts. You know, I do follow the New York Giants. I'm a Giants fan all the way, but I have to tell you that the Eagles, it hurts me to say it, but the Eagles will win this division. You're certainly not alone there. They seem to be a very trendy pick this offseason. They're getting a lot of buzz in the media, analysts, podcasters, writers. A lot of people are picking the Eagles to win this division, and I can understand why. They've got a pretty easy schedule. They've got a lot of solid pieces that you can look at and say, okay, they've got the roster in place. For me, I'm going to take the other side of the coin here, though, because I don't believe in Jalen Hurts. This is a guy that I think is a quality player, but not a high enough level quarterback to be the difference maker that they need in Philadelphia. I just can't look at a guy that only completes 58, 59% of his passes and think that he's going to be good enough to carry this team when quite frankly, the quarterback position has never been more important. I think he's an athletic kid. I think he has all the intangibles. When you read about this kid and you hear about him, everybody always says great leader, great guy, great locker room guy. I love all that stuff about him. I love hearing that about him. It's just the play on the field that I don't think is good enough to take this team to a NFC East championship. I still think, even though they've had a terrible offseason, I still think the Cowboys are the team to beat in this division. Look, I won't argue with you on that one because I know by paper, look, the most experienced quarterback in that division is the Cowboys. But how many years since, I guess, since 1995? Okay, when they last won the Super Bowl, that I keep hearing the Cowboys will do it again. The Cowboys are in it every year. I'm just so tired of hearing the word Cowboys. Um, are they going to get it done? I don't know. But for the Eagles' standpoint, my favorite, they got A.J. Brown. 
out acquired from Tennessee. You got Devontae Smith. Uh, I think he's going to have a breakout season. And in order for him to have a breakout season, Jalen Hurts got to give it to him. Moving on to the NFC North, the Packers, Vikings, Bears, and Lions. Look, all this drama with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers is making me sick. Okay, look, just play the game and get your team to the Super Bowl. And I don't even think that he's able to do that for the Packers. And that's right. I said it. Aaron Rodgers, he's MVP. But look, he's MVP in a regular season, but he is not so well in the playoffs. And he had all the talent around him all the time. So I just don't understand why the Packers can't make that run when everybody else is saying it. But I'm going to stick with the team that no one's talking about because people are downgrading him all the time. I am wanting the Minnesota Vikings, okay? I am wanting Kirk Cousins to just throw the ball, get him to Thielen, get him to Jefferson. I mean, even Jefferson sounded off saying he is the best wide receiver. I'm going to not say it. I'm not going to say that he is, but he is claiming. I mean, look, they're making it. They're, they're trash talking and everything else. They got the new staff and every and the whole nine yards when it comes to the Vikings. I got a feeling that the Vikings are going to shock everybody in this division. You can't count on the Bears. You can't count on the Lions. The next best thing, Vikings finishing eight and nine last season. Expect them to be double digits this season and maybe pass the Green Bay Packers. You're not the first person I've talked to that had a similar take, and they do seem, seem to be a little bit of a dark horse sleeper team in the NFC North. Wouldn't surprise me entirely. We we know that, like you mentioned, the Packers, they've kind of been the perennial favorites here in, the, in that division, and rightfully so. They, they've, they've got one of the best quarterbacks of all time. They've got a great system, a great coach, and a, really a good roster all the way around. But I do think losing Devontae Adams is going to hurt. It's it's hard to think that this offense is going to be as potent as it was when you lose arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. The Vikings are interesting. This is going to be a whole new look for them. They've got a new offense, new staff like you touched on. They're going to be airing it out a lot more than we've seen in recent years. It's not going to be the run first Dalvin Cook team that we've seen these last couple of years. They're going to lean more on Cousins. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or bad thing. Now, I think Cousins is a guy I've always said is a very average quarterback. He's not great. He's not bad. He just kind of is somewhere in the middle. It's going to be interesting to see, though, with this different role, this different offense, if him and Jefferson and the team can take that step, I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the mix. I'm still going to lean into the Packers, though. Until proven otherwise, it just like you touched on. They don't. They they seem to get quiet when it matters the most in the playoffs. But in the regular season, this is a team that tends to roll through this division. I don't think it'll be as easy this year, but I do think this is a team that wins the NFC North again. Heading out to the NFC South, the Buccaneers, Saints, Falcons, and Panthers. This here is probably, I, I don't know what to expect. And I, I don't want to be that bad way. And like everyone is automatically crowning the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of Tom Brady uh, returning for one more season. I don't know what to expect out of the division because one, the New Orleans Saints has a new coaching staff. All right. The Atlanta Falcons, are they rebuilding? The Carolina Panthers, they don't even know what quarterback is going to start. The only team that looks complete that has no such turbulence is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I, I just got to say Tampa. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think this is similar to like we talked about with the Bills. It's just the best team in this division, and it's really hard to argue with. You touched on it perfectly. You look at the rest of this division. I think the Saints might be competitive, but I just don't think they have the horses to stick with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They easily have the best roster, obviously the best quarterback of all time, and a guy who, quite frankly, just has not slowed down. Right now, Tom Brady just turned 45. They say Father Time is undefeated, but Tom Brady's got Father Time in a headlock right now because this guy led the league in touchdown passes, led the league in passing yards at 44 years old. I just haven't seen really any drop-off from his game. They were right there on the edge of knocking off the then uh LA Rams who went on to win the Super Bowl, they were that close to knocking them off in the playoffs. And who knows, maybe the Bucs are right back in the Super Bowl again if that happens. This is a team that I think is right in the mix again. I really don't see anybody that's going to be a true threat to them. Now, the Saints have had their number, but I just don't think that Jameis Winston, a guy who's just been a total roller coaster ride throughout his career, I have a hard time thinking that he's going to be able to take the Saints to high levels. You've got Dennis Allen coming in as the head coach. It just feels like there's too much turnover. The, the days of Breeze and Peyton are gone. I have a hard time thinking they're going to be a contender anytime soon. The Carolina Panthers are, quite frankly, a dumpster fire. Their head coach is going to be in college football next season. He's not going to last. I think we know that. They have a mess at the quarterback position. And the Atlanta Falcons, quite frankly, might have the number one pick in the draft in April. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we're making that prediction. All right. <laughs> All right, duly noted. Atlanta, number one draft pick next season. All right, I got it. <laughs> I love it. Um, going down to the NFC South, the Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, and Seahawks. Can the Rams repeat again? They certainly can. And it wouldn't surprise me if they did. This is a team that's got all the talent. They've got the great coach. They've got the quarterback. They've got all the pieces in place for them to run it back, so to speak. Generally, we don't see that for a reason, though. Generally, there tends to be a Super Bowl hangover. Now, granted, it wouldn't surprise me at all if this is the team that wins 11, 12 games and is in the playoffs and right back in the mix. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. I might surprise some people with this pick, but I'm going to go with the 49ers. This Whoa. is a team that I think is, is going to be right there. Now, we forget this team was in the mix last year. We kind of forget how good this team is. I think Kyle Shanahan is still an underrated coach. People talk about him, but I think he's one of the best offensive minds in the game. This roster is loaded at so many different positions. I really like what they've done in the draft and with some of the key pieces they've added. Trey Lance is the big wild card. But if this kid can be the player that a lot of us thought he could be coming out, he he sat a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it was perfect for his development let him develop in the background. Now it's his time to shine. Here's the thing about Trey Lance, though. He doesn't have to be a guy who throws the ball 30, 40 times a game. That's not what they're going to do. They're going to lean on the run. They're going to take pressure off of Trey Lance and just ask him to make plays in the play-action game. They're going to set up easy throws for him. They're going to generate easy looks for him because they have one of the best offensive minds in the game. With the running game and the defense, we know it's going to be one of the best in the league. I think the 49ers are poised to make some noise this year. When I look around the rest of the division, I think Arizona takes a big step back. I don't. I think they kind of got exposed at the end of the season. I know they had that really hot start, but I just don't really quite believe in this team. I don't really quite believe in, in Kingsbury or Kyler Murray for that matter. The, the Seattle Seahawks, 
If it's not the Falcons, it's going to be the Seahawks for the number one pick. This team is a dumpster fire as well. I don't think they're going to do anything but win maybe a handful of games at best. So when I look at the teams, it's really going to come down to the Rams and the Niners. And quite frankly, the Niners have beat the Rams six of the last seven times they've played. I'm going to go with San Francisco. Uh, right now, my safe bet is the Rams. But I don't. I never seen Trey Lance play. Okay. A couple of snaps with the 49ers. Look, he was in college. He only played one game. I found I'm mistaken. It was uh, North Dakota, right? It was in North Dakota. Uh, North Dakota State, I believe. But right. yeah, North FCS. State. I didn't pay attention to North Dakota State. He wasn't in my radar watching TV week after week. But keep people saying that he's the next best thing. But I've never seen it. Did he play against the SEC team? Did he play against the ACC? I mean, how do I know that this guy is the real deal? I guess they know. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just dumbfounded when it comes to Trey Lance. If he is, well, guess what? The 49ers are gambling this season, and they're pulling all the, all the cards on him. And you were right. You don't need – any quarterback really does not need to throw over 30 passes. That's why you got a running back. That's why you got your offensive line. You got to be diverse, you know. And and I got a feeling that the way you you put it, I'm convinced that maybe the 49ers will will win the division. But I, until I see Trey Lance perform the way it is, look, um, I'm gonna stick with the Rams. I I feel like Garoppolo is the real deal. Um, he has the experience, and he's coming. He was supposed to be the starter for uh, New England Patriots, and look what happened there. You know, he ended up going a, off to San Francisco. So. There's just so much uh, over there at the 49ers. I know they're going to be competitive, but at, but can they be contenders against the Rams? You mentioned they won five of the last six games, but that was with Garoppolo. That wasn't with Trey Lance. Uh, but I'll lean with the Rams. You got a slight edge on the 49ers. I like that pick. This division, this, uh, this NFL season is going to be awesome. Uh, a lot of competition, and there's – Really, to, to be honest with you, we're leading into the Super Bowl. Um, now that we, we put all the cards out there for each division, last year the Rams won 23-20 to 20, uh, over the Bengals, uh, surprising Bengals. Who do you have going in here for the Super Bowl? Boy, it, it feels really early <laughs> to jump into Super Bowl <laughs> picks. But you know what? I like it. I like where your head's at. Why not get after it early and go with the pick? This is a big dice roll, right? But I'm just going to go chalk here. I I'm going to go chalk. I'm not going to get too cute and try to pick some dark horse team. Bills, Bucks, Super Bowl. I think the Bills, like you talked about earlier, I think this is a team that when you look at it, they've got one of the best young quarterbacks in the game, loaded roster, great coach. When you look at the Bucks, Tom Brady, like I said, I just feel like this guy came back for one reason and one reason only. We know what that is. This guy just seems to live in the Super Bowl, and they came up short last year, and history says that's when he bounces back. So watch out for the Bucs. I think this is a team that maybe maybe Tom gives it one more run. Who knows? He might play till he's 50. I don't even know at this point. The guy is unbelievable. But for me, I'm going to go chalk and go Bill's Bucks. Oy. I'm going to say the Bills and the Rams. Um, I, I really do feel like the Bills improved in the defense. And I love storylines. I told you this already. Storylines. Von Miller goes to the Buffalo Bills, right? He had a chance to sign with the Rams. He didn't want to. He went to the Bills. There was a reason. 
why he left the Rams. Okay. I got a good feeling that they're going to see each other in the first, I think it's the first weekend of February, right? Or the second, doesn't matter. They're going to see each other in February in the Super Bowl. So I'm not picking a winner. I'm not doing that just yet, but the Bills and the Rams. I like it. I like it. Little little chalky as well, but wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I think the last time a team won back to back was the New England Patriots. So could the Rams do it again? We shall see. But there's plenty of football. I mean, we still gotta go through preseason, right? And ladies and gentlemen, this this show is brought to you by the CNG Sports Podcast Network. You want to start your own podcast? Feel free to visit clovercrestmedia.com. I am with the host of Pint Glass Football, Brad Fowler. He is the host. Check him out on um, on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast platform. We're moving on to college football. The the top four teams uh, last year were Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati. Georgia won the national championship, but that was a split because when it came to the SEC championship, Alabama did defeat Georgia. So when you look at it on paper, they're one and one. However, Georgia has the actual title, right? But we're moving on to this season. Can Georgia repeat themselves again? That is the big topic. Uh, so before we, we, we start talking about our top 10, can Georgia do it again, Brad? Well, they certainly can. They've got the team. They've got the talent. They lost a lot of players to the NFL draft, as we know, especially on the defense. They've got a great coach, and they're, they're reloading this year. They're going to have a ton of new faces and new guys coming in. They're going to be right in the mix, I think. Wouldn't surprise me if they're right there in that SEC championship once again. And we know the winner of that game is basically an automatic to get into the playoff. And once you get there, you're in the mix for the championship. So I think they'll be in the mix, certainly. But similar to the Rams, I have a hard time picking a team to repeat. We don't see it happen very often for a reason. So I'm not picking Georgia, but I do think they're going to be right here in the mix. All right. Look, I'm a big Georgia fan, and I'm so happy that they won. But I, I'm not going to tell you that they're going to, they're going to go back. And here's why. Stetson Bennett, he is not. Let's put it this way. Stetson Bennett, if it wasn't for the Georgia defense, okay, the Georgia defense really won that national championship. Stetson Bennett could have easily turned over the ball, and Alabama could have defeated the Bulldogs once again, and they could have been champions. It was that difference maker right there. He comes back, okay, and then all of a sudden we got these transfers going all over the place for Georgia. And you're right. You know, there's going to be some new faces. There are a lot of young starters for the Georgia Bulldogs, especially in the offense. All right. There are a lot of young offensive linemen. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing Odane Mitchell and Lad McConkey. Um, I think uh, Bennett will be able to distribute the ball. But the thing is, is that decision making, you know, can he they get involved? Can he move that ball or will he be stuck in that pocket and get sacked? You know, I mean, he's not that tall either, to be honest with you. Um, but I just got a gut feeling that Alabama is going to go hard this year. And once should they get past Texas A&M Aggies? I'm telling you, Alabama's going to be unstoppable. And that, that leads me to my top 10. Number 10, I have Texas A&M. 
At number 10, I'm going to go with Utah. Texas A&M is going to be in my top 10. But for the number 10 spot, I've got Utah Utes, defending Pac-12 champs, starting quarterback Cam Rising is back, a kid who played at a really high level last year. A lot of veteran players back as well for this team, a team that won the Pac-12 and had Ohio State on the ropes in the Rose Bowl, a team that doesn't get a ton of credit nationally but develops talent as well as anyone. I think they're going to be a really tough out this year. And look, Texas A&M, the Aggies, they have uh... – for the last couple of seasons one of the top recruits uh i, I hopefully uh they'll do something but they always find a way to not get past alabama i know they got that first victory uh last season can they do it again it's very hard to beat nick saban twice in a row at number nine i have the texas longhorns Texas is fascinating. They've got a ton of momentum right now. As we know, they've got one of the best recruiting classes in the country. They just landed Arch Manning. It's the last name you might have heard of. He had a, a couple uh, people in his family who were pretty good quarterbacks. You might have heard of those two guys. They say he's going to be the next great one. It's going to be fascinating to see what Texas can do with this momentum. Maybe a little higher than I've got him, but I like that take. All right. What do you got for number nine? At number nine, I've got USC. This is a team that is loaded and back. I feel like this has been a sleeping giant on the West Coast for years. They haven't been able to find the right head coach since Pete Carroll left. Well, now they found him. Lincoln Riley comes into this program. He's a top five coach in college football, maybe a top three coach, and the best offensive play caller and designer in the game today. Caleb Williams comes over from Oklahoma, played at such a high level last year, and the Bolitnikoff Award winner, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from Pitt, this team is loaded with transfers. They've got NFL talent all over the field. People are saying, oh, give USC a couple years. I'm saying this year they're going to be right in the mix in the Pac-12 and a team that wouldn't surprise me if they made some noise this year. All right. And number eight, I have LSU. Boy, LSU is a team that just is loaded year in and year out. It seems like there's NFL players all over the field for them. Going to be really fascinating to see what Brian Kelly can do with this team. We know what he did at Notre Dame. Now he's getting a different animal in the SEC. This is a whole different ball game now. Not that Notre Dame didn't play big-time competition, but we know the SEC is a different level week in and week out. It'll be fascinating to see what he can do with this team, but there's a lot of talent there for LSU could be a big bounce back year for them look as long as they stay disciplined and avoid all those off the field issues i'm sure lsu can make a, a big statement and a big run uh who you have for number eight at number eight i've got michigan a lot of momentum from last year a team that really had a big season as we know they finally got the monkey off their back beating rival ohio state jj mccarty at quarterback they've got a little bit of a quarterback uh, war going on so to speak for the starting job i think mccarty's going to end up getting that job I think this is a guy who is going to take this offense to another level. The quarterback position has been kind of mediocre for them. They've been a really good defensive team, a good running team, but they've revamped this coaching staff. I like some of the additions that Jim Harbaugh has brought onto the staff, and I think Michigan is going to be right there in the mix in the Big Ten. All right, I got them a little bit seated higher up, but we'll definitely mention that them in just a bit. At number seven, I have Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame is a team. Obviously, it's going to be on my list here in a second as well. 
But at number seven, I've got Oklahoma. This is the team that a lot a lot of these names, I mean, let's face it, we're getting into the blue bloods here. These are the big boy programs, the programs that we see on these lists at the end of the year for a reason. It's because they've had sustained success. Oklahoma is no different. Now, I mentioned Lincoln Riley moving on to USC, so there's a big question mark at the head coaching position. But bring in Brent Venables, the former defensive coordinator for the Clemson Tigers, a guy who had one of the best defenses in all of college football the last couple of years, one of the best defensive minds in the game. I expect that side of the ball to make a big jump, and they still have a lot of talent on offense as well. So I think Oklahoma's the team to beat in the Big 12. But I have Oklahoma at number six. So who you have for number six? So we just flip-flopped them right there. We're, we're thinking a lot alike here. I've got Notre Dame at number six. They have the number one recruiting class in the nation right now. A ton of new talent coming into a team that's already got a lot of veteran players. Head coach Marcus Freeman comes in. We talked about Brian Kelly going to LSU. Marcus Freeman, former coordinator under Brian Kelly. So they've got a lot of stability there with him taking over. They've got a tough opener versus Ohio State, but the rest of the schedule has a lot of winnable games. I expect the Irish to have a really nice year. All right. Uh, I got Clemson at number five, and I think uh, Devil Swinney will take this team and turn it around once again under uh, DJ, and, I, and I, keep, I keep messing up his name, Ugalea. I think I said that, Ugalea. <laughs> oh, man. I just called him DJ. Uh, he, he's a junior this year. Um, and I know it wasn't that pretty uh, in the ACC overall, but I think Clemson finally going to get it together. That's why I got them at number five. I'm with you. I got Clemson at number five as well. Could, <laughs> could be the best defense in the nation this year. You heard it here first, guys. This defense is loaded. They're going to be really, really good on that side of the ball. I'm not going to butcher his name either, so I'll just stick with DJ as well. We know who he is, the quarterback. He had a little bit of an up-and-down year last year, but he was a big-time five-star prospect for a reason. If he can show improvement, this is an offense that could take that uh, that next step as well. But either way, this is a team that is loaded with talent at the quarterback position behind him. So if he stumbles, watch for Dabo to bring in one of these hot young prospects to come in and take his job. If things don't go well, either way, they're set up for success. All right. At number four, I have Michigan Wolverines, but we already talked about it. Same reasons that you had, even though you had them at number eight. But I have them in number four. Who is your number four? So I've got Texas A&M, a team that you've got in your top ten as well. I'm a little higher on them than you are. And to be honest, when I put them on this list at number four, the more I think about it, I probably should have had them closer to ten because I think I'm with you. I might have this team a little too high now that I'm thinking about this more clearly here. Texas A&M, the ongoing joke is that they always underachieve and go eight and four. That's exactly what they did last year. But you talked about it. This is a team that had the number one recruiting class in the country last year, loaded with playmakers. I mean, there's NFL talent all over the field for them. Should be better at quarterback this year as well. I think that is the reason they get over the hump and become a contender in the SEC. Okay. At number three, I have Ohio State. Uh, and reason being, look, I believe C.J. Stroud should have been the Heisman winner. He came out short. But I, this is the season where he is going to win it, and he's going to prove everybody he is the best quarterback in this year's uh, college football season. Head coach Ryan Day, he's always had an awesome season, uh, and I think this is probably one of his 
least favorite season as a head coach and i got a feeling he's gonna take it and the revenge will be against michigan and ohio state don't lose frequently against michigan so uh i i can see them taking the big 10 conference well i'm with you there this is a team that is definitely going to be in the mix for all the marbles at the end of it I couldn't agree with you more. I think C.J. Stroud's the best quarterback in the game, and I think that he's going to be the number one pick in the draft for a reason. The guy is a big, big-time player. And number three, though, I've got Georgia. We talked about them. This is a team, great coach. We know that. Great program, great players. They reload with four- and five-star players, but they are losing a lot of guys like we talked about. This team had a ton of NFL players leave this year or this last April. And that has to make an impact. It's hard for me to think that they're going to be as good this year because of that. But like I touched on, they've still got a ton of talent coming back. So they're going to be right there in the mix in the SEC. I got Georgia at number two. And normally I have them at number one because I benefit a doubt. The champions should always start the season at number one. But I'm looking at it this way. Georgia did not win the SEC championship. It was Alabama. And at the start of the playoffs, Alabama was number one. Therefore, I'm going to remain Georgia at number two. Who is your number two? Yeah. So at number two, I've got Alabama. And and I'm and I'm with you on everything you just said right there. I just think Alabama is more loaded this year. Two teams that, quite frankly, are, are both completely loaded. And to jump back really quickly on something you said, if it wasn't for the Jamison Williams injury, Alabama probably wins that game. He is that good of a player. We know he was one of the top wide receivers in the entire country, one of the best players in the NFL draft this last season. Now a Detroit Lion, if he stays healthy in that game, it's hard for me to think that Alabama doesn't get over the hump in that one. I think they just ran out of gas and too many key players. But this year, I think they get right back in the mix like they do every year. Second best quarterback in college football in Bryce Young. The guy is a big-time player. Best player in the entire nation in Will Anderson. Man, this guy is fun to watch. You want to talk about a defensive player that makes some noise. This guy is a big, big-time playmaker. The speed, the athletic ability, a tackling machine. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. And the best coach of all time. Not even a debate anymore. This guy has got all the rings to prove it. The defense should be incredible this year. I, I talked about Clemson. I talked about a couple other teams. They're going to have really good defenses. I think Alabama's is going to be right there near the top at the end of the year. Title or bust in Alabama, just like every year when you've got Nick Saban. Oh, man. I got Alabama at number one. Um, and, I, and just for the same reason you're talking about, I wouldn't be surprised if they go and start blowing out opponents left and right. And that's the reason why I have Alabama Ohio State is one of my top two when it goes by the time it hits the end of the season. And your number one, um, I just mentioned the school, should be Ohio State. Am I right? Yep, that's the team that hasn't been talked about yet, and that's my number one. This is a team that I think is just so loaded in so many positions. They are tied right now with Notre Dame as the number one recruiting class, a team that has really become wide receiver U. You mentioned Harrison. They've also got a ton of other playmakers. They had three wide receivers going to draft last year. Just ridiculous how much talent this team brings in year in, year out. The offense has been totally explosive, and C.J. Stroud is as is as good as advertised at the quarterback position. A guy that I think is going to be the number one pick, like I mentioned earlier, loaded on offense, bounce back year for Ohio State, a team that won the Rose Bowl, and we're talking about a bounce back year. That really says everything you need to know about how good this program is. Brad, thank you so much, man, for being on this show. 
Um, oh, oh, once again, it's just always educating, giving us the breakdown of what's going on. And I can't wait for your next podcast to tune in on your next topic, whether it's the NFL or college football. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute blast. Like you mentioned earlier, I'm Brad Fowler, the host of Pint Glass Football Podcast. You guys can check out the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, all the big-time players, or check out the website, pintglassfootball.com. Absolutely a blast talking ball with you. I appreciate it. And once again, you're listening to the All Four Downs Podcast presented by CMG Sports Podcast Network. Visit clovercrestmedia.com slash all four downs to hear the latest episode and our top 25. It will be posted there. And once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Take care, everyone. We'll be back next week for a normal schedule every Thursday. So tune in to all four downs. <laughs>